Just read with me 1 Corinthians 15, um, from verse 1 to 8. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach it to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here is the gospel, that Christ died for our sins. Have you ever wondered what is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, here it is. That Christ died for our sins in accordance to Scripture. It says in fulfillment of Scripture, according to Scripture, to fulfill the Scriptures that were speaking about Christ, the coming Christ. And then it says um, that he was buried according, according to the Scriptures. That he was raised on the third day, the resurrection that we just spoke about, according to the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, Peter. These are people that saw him. I think, is it Peter that was crucified upside down? Yeah. It says, like, that's the worst death that anyone could have, is to be crucified upside down. Because, I mean, you literally drown in your own. <laughs> Let's not get too gross here. Um, but he did not just appear to Peter. Then he appeared to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive. So while Paul is writing this, the people that saw Jesus were still alive. Though some of them have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then also to the apostles. Last of all, as one who untimely born, he appeared to also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. So it just... The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus actually did die and he did rose. Um, as some of you might have seen uh, some of the posts on the group, I, I had the privilege to travel with Jonathan Conrad up to PE. Um, as Chloe was, she was um, more eager than me. She was first there. I, I came in a bit later. Um, but just how this came about is um, I, um, I got a message one morning from Grant Baker, which I didn't speak too much. We, we're not friends. Like, we know about one another, but we, and he said he just felt he needs to invite me with. We've got one spot to join this trip to PE. Do you want to come with? And I, I was like, okay, this is so cool. And, and, it, and I, I spoke to my wife, and she released me, and you also released me, <laughs> uh, um, because I wasn't here last Sunday. But yuch, it was such a privilege to sit in a bus for eight hours, 12 hours actually, in a bus, being with this team, hearing stories of how Jesus is still saving. I mean, Jonathan Conrad's been, he's been in ministry for 35 years, traveled to 52 nations, and he, I mean, he's just got these stories coming the whole time. You sit there like a little child, he's like <laughs> just listening to all the stories. I'm going to tell one of the stories at the end this morning of what he shared with us. Um, but, yo, my heart was so stirred over this time. And I want to tell you some of the things that happened. So, um, on Wednesday evening, we, had, we were in George, Noah's hometown. <laughs> uh, and um, the place was packed. 
there was not a space to move. We had to stand at the back because we couldn't find a seat to sit. There were just so many people. And, um, and just seeing how Jonathan shares the gospel and how he, he shares stories. And so it was just, it refreshed my heart. So it, it was so beautiful to hear. And um, I, I wanted to learn how he does the altar call, the appeal. So I recorded him. <laughs> I'm just sharing how I was like a student sitting there just wanting to learn. And I pressed record when he started sharing about um, what he's going to do now. And then when the people came forward, 39 minutes later, <laughs> I was like, no way. And he's just constantly sharing stories of what Jesus has done over the nations. And, and, and he says like, um, the thing is, like, in the heart of every man, there is this, this desire that when they hear the name of Jesus, they cannot deny it but to say that it's true. There's, in every man's heart, there is this thing that when we say the name of Jesus, that we cannot deny that it's true. And that evening, I saw a lady that had a skin rash and itching like um, for years. And the doctors don't have any explanation how, where this thing is coming from. I, stand, I stood next to this one of the team members and they were praying and there was a bit of deliverance happening. And, and then the itching went away. The, the rash went away in front of my eyes. It's, I saw, I had the privilege to, um, it's like this lady, she was scratching this whole time and then she said, it's gone. Um, Jesus He's alive. He still heals. And I know that because I've seen him this year healing people. But seeing it to the, to, to the amount that it happened, like in, in this five days that I had to travel with this team, was amazing. And one of the cool testimonies, oh, there were so many. Um, there was a, a, a guy that was in a, co a, a motorcycle accident. I shared it on the group. He got healed of five things. A lady that was deaf in a one ear for 30 years. Her ears opened up. She could hear. Um, there, was a, um, there was a guy in dispatch. On the Sunday evening, we were in dispatch. Um, and it's the small church, about, I think, about 60, 80 people gathering dispatch. And um, I had a word of knowledge, and I felt the Lord actually wants to heal somebody's knee. And um, so one lady came out, and she, I didn't pray for her. Somebody else prayed for her. The Lord healed the knee. So it wasn't just about me getting the word of knowledge. God he had on his heart to heal that lady. Um, and then this big rugby guy, he's got this mullet. Um, he's a mean dude. He comes up to me and he, and he says, Now, I played rugby yesterday in Wellington against the Bolan Cavalier. <laughs> and I hurt my neck. So we've got some tough guys here in Wellington. Huh? <laughs> and, and he said, I mean, can you pray for me? So I laid my hands on him and I just prayed my best prayer in that moment that I could pray. Um, and I felt the Lord in it. And, and then suddenly, he did this. No way. It's gone. And he's like, and for him, he thought it was such a small thing. But that the Lord would actually honor his thing to come forward. And, and when those healings started happening, um, at first we did an altar call for people to come to, to give their lives to Jesus. They were one person. After the healings, just people just kept on coming. It was just amazing how people, when, when they saw in front of their eyes how God is healing people. Um, and uh, 
I'm actually, I wrote so many testimonies, but I'm, I'm just going to, I want to get into the word. I might mention one of them a bit later. Maybe uh, just this one. Um, on the Saturday, we had to go, or they, they sent us out into the central part of PE to go and evangelize. I wasn't really looking forward to that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was, they asked me to lead worship the evening, so I was thinking, I, I haven't led worship in a long time. It's going to be a thousand people. I'm stressing. I'd rather go and just play guitar. And <laughs> but I said, okay, no. My host was going, so I had to go with. So I went with, but with an expectation, but not like as as a holy kind of godly man. And so, and so we walked the streets, and it was, oh, it is just. This one testament, we, we saw, I saw, I actually felt again, somehow the Lord speaking about left knees, and I felt this morning also that he wants to come and heal something with a left, left knee, um, but somehow he's keep on highlighting that with me, so as we were walking, this one guy prayed for him, his knee got healed, and then we met this one guy a bit later, just before we finished off, and he, he, he sort of appeared as if he couldn't understand English, so we tried to communicate with him, but yeah, so, and I asked, is there anything that you would trust Jesus to come and do for you today? And he says, well, he was in a car accident, and his knee, his left knee, is injured. <laughs> so we, we, we prayed for his left knee. And to be honest, I didn't feel anything. It just felt like I'm putting my hand on his knee and praying my best prayer. There was no anointing, nothing. There was just, I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> I'm trusting you. And after I prayed for him, he said, I said, how does it feel? He said, it's better. I said, really? He said, yeah. He says, my knee is shaking. So somehow the Lord went beyond me and, and healed this guy. And I said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, yes. And, and then he responded and he gave his life. And suddenly he understood more English than previously. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some the Lord healed these languages. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, maybe it wasn't less for me. <laughs> I did speak to another Muslim guy also that you could see he didn't like to speak to me at that moment. But hey, <laughs> we, um, I prayed for his diabetes and maybe there was just a, maybe the Lord healed him. And I don't, I won't know. But it was just the beauty of going out and sharing the gospel with these people. And there were so many stories like this. Um, and wh really what, what this, this time has really stirred in my heart is, is, is really the scripture that I want us to read together. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or some prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And something I saw traveling with these guys is they live with a revelation of who Jesus is. When they pray for the sick, when they share the gospel, there's a, there's a conviction that, that, that rubbed off on me. It really rubbed off on me. It's like, who? And this is the question I want to ask to each one of us. Who do you say? I am. Jesus is asking this to each one of you. Because it's a very important question. 
Now, just to give you some context, so Jesus actually took his disciples aside, 42 kilometers away from the Sea of Galilee, where they usually would hang out. Um, and some of the clever guys say the reason why he did that is because there were so many crowds gathering around Jesus. So he wanted to just take his disciples apart. So 42 kilometers, he took them to Caesarea Philippi at the mount, at the foot of Mount Hermon. And um, so this is the setting at the foot of this mount. And why I'm saying this, like at the foot of this mount, carved into this mountain is images of the idols and the world religions in that place. So there was a, there was a temple of Caesar that was sort of the, um, they saw him as a god. There was a, a, a carved image of the, of the idol Pan, um, Paninius, and, the, and, and, and they, it was at behind Jesus as he was speaking to his disciples, all the world religions behind him. And he's asking his disciples, who do people say? That the son of man is it's almost like he was setting this up it's like this is what the world believe but who do the people say that i am and then the disciples answered they says john the baptist maybe he's a teacher or somebody that spoke about repentance maybe um elijah a miracle worker or jeremiah one of the prophets so they they were saying all these things but what's interesting when Jesus said this, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Jesus was actually answering his own question in that question that he was asking. He was, he was calling himself the Son of Man. Now this is a prophecy that Daniel gave many years ago in Daniel um, 7 verse 13. He prophesies, and I mean he didn't know about the Messiah, but he prophesies of the Messiah, the coming Messiah. In Daniel 7, verse 13, he says, I saw in the night vision, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, here comes one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So Jesus is actually acknowledging, he's not acknowledging that he is John the Baptist. He's not acknowledging that he is a prophet or a, um, some miracle worker, even though he did a lot of miracles. What he's acknowledging is that he is the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And then Peter responds, to that very thing and and it says like who do you say who do you say and this question is very important to each and every one of us who do you say that Jesus is who is Jesus to you because the revelation of the answer to this question will affect your life on every aspect that you live so Peter comes and he says you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Son of man. Peter said, you are the Son of the living God. You are the Son of the living God. And something, there's a lot that we can dig in here, but I just want to highlight one thing. is Jesus was fully man. 
and he was fully God. If he wasn't fully God, he was, if he wasn't fully divine, he wouldn't have the authority to forgive our sins and wash us clean from our sins. But he was also fully man so that he can sympathize with what we are going through, the temptations, the trials, that one day on day of judgment, and he comes to judge, and we won't, we won't be able to come and say, hey, Jesus, but you sinned there. He was without sin. He was perfect. He was perfect. And, oh, Jesus, but you didn't suffer the thing. No, no, I suffered what you suffered. I went through the trials that you went through. I understand exactly what it is to be completely a man. But I'm also the Savior of the world. And I've come for this reason, to save you. Who do you say I am? Who is Jesus to you? This is a very important question. Your response to this question will affect your life and the way you live. The first thing, this will have an influence how you live. What you watch, what you give yourself to, how quickly you get offended, how quickly you forgive, it will affect everything. It will affect how quickly you repent of sin, where you miss the mark. And I know sin is like um, for a far-fetched kind of, if, you, if you've not been in church, it's, it's a big number. But it's, the thing is like, you know, we all know that there are certain things in our lives that we have done wrong and that we have said wrong. And that is actually what sin is. And somehow you just know that it was wrong. But somehow you keep on doing it and your heart becomes so hardened that to a point that you don't even worry about it anymore. But there was a point when you start doing this that you knew this is not right. And you kept on doing it. And I'm going to tell a story about a guy now, um, just in a bit, how, he, um, you know, how his heart was softened and how the Lord came in. And then... The answer to this question will help us to deal how we deal with suffering. I mean, where's Aline? How's your... Could you do that this morning? No, she couldn't do She couldn't do that this morning, just before the service show. Can, can you pray? And Chloe, no, no, Amber, Amber prayed with me. Yeah, you, Amber prayed with me. And, and the Lord healed her just before the service. He is a miracle-working God. He heals the sick. But something that Jonathan said a lot, and this was one of his one-liners that he said, liners, not lies, one-liners. One one <laughs> he says, you can go to heaven with a sick body, but you cannot go to heaven with a sin-sick soul. Yeah, and he said that so many times. So you can go to heaven with a sick body, See, it's not just about a healing. God can heal somebody now and we forget about it. We go on upon our, But the answer to this question, who is Jesus to you, will determine how you will live your life. How you will go through suffering. If, if Jesus is just your healer, which he is, you'll get stuck when you're going through suffering. But if you don't see him as healer, you're not going to ask him. <laughs> if you don't see him as healer, you're not going to ask for that. If you see him as the one who also suffered, then when you go through suffering, you will, 
you'll be okay with that. Um, this will also influence how we share the gospel. Who is Jesus to you? This will influence with the conviction by which you share the gospel. I mean, I use the excuse that I'm an introvert and I don't like public spaces and going to strange people and say, Hi, I'm Moris. What can Jesus do for you? <laughs> what are you trusting? I feel very awkward in these moments. I, I, I don't. I, it's not. But somehow the Lord has called us, if I see him rightly. And spending time with Jonathan, this guy, we stop in Riversdale. Now we've pushed through, we've driven. This is the first toilet break. So Jonathan says he really needs to go to the loo. So we said, okay, Jonathan, Jonathan is good to, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the loo, to the toilet. And um, so I see him walking. I says, no, Jonathan, the toilet's in here. <laughs> and he goes straight to a few guys sitting on, on the corner, of, a, and he shares the gospel with them. I mean, he just told us he really needs to go to the loo. <laughs> but somehow his need for what he wants to do right now just disappeared as he went to these guys and shared the gospel with them. All these guys prayed a prayer, and they received Jesus into their life. Um, one guy got healed there on, in Riversdale. It's not a healing service. It's not a Just Jen organized thing. It is just, if you, if, who is Jesus to you? Is he, if, is he, if he is Savior to you, you will not hold this message for yourself. How we see him will influence how we speak about him. How we live in every aspect. Now, I can go on. How we see Him will influence how we worship. As the theme was this morning. As how you see Him will influence how you worship. If you see Him as the risen Christ, you will not hold back in worship. I was challenged about 24 years ago. Um, I was freshly out of school and... Um, I was part of a ministry team called Service Year for Christ, and we were traveling through the country, and we were asked to, in classes with the school kids, we would share our testimonies, and we would go and share our testimonies. And there was this one class I did, and um, I won't forget this moment, because in this class, there was this lady who was an atheist or a Satanist, or I don't know, she, she didn't believe in God at all. And the whole time as I was sharing my testimony, she would just ask these questions to stood out. She would just pop in and interrupt me. And I, I was like sweating. And I was like, I mean, I'm freshly out of school. And I was challenged with the question, who do you say I am in that moment? I remember it was in October 1999. I wrote it in my journal. I went home that evening really disturbed about just what happened. And I sat down in my room alone and I wrote a creed. <laughs> I think that's the best. I said, I believe. Not because I was brought up in a Christian home. I believe. And I wrote down things that I believe. Who? I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead. As I, shared, as I read 1 Corinthians 15, is I believe, and I wrote these things down. And in that moment, the Lord solidified something in my heart, that I, why I believe what I believe. And some of us, we're not sure. 
what we believe. And that's why we don't share the gospel. That's why we don't pray for the sick. That's why our wheels comes off when we are in suffering, when, when things are not going our way, because we're not seeing him rightly. And you know the key here is, um, in Matthew 16, when, when Jesus asked this question and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Now, isn't that good news? That even if we don't see Him rightly, we can ask Holy Spirit, because flesh and blood, Moses is not going to reveal this to you. But we can ask the Holy Spirit to come and this morning bring a conviction of who is Jesus to me. And to solidify that in our hearts and allow that to affect every aspect of our lives. I want to close with the story that Jonathan told. I won't be able to do it justice as he did, <laughs> but I'll try my best. Um, so, he was on a, a mission in Slovakia, and, um, and he, um, he was on the streets the whole day sharing the gospel with people. He was tired, and they came back home. They didn't have anything planned for the evening. They had this big chicken and chips for supper, and just, and his interpreter was sent home because he, uh, his voice was gone, like interpreting. And so now he's sitting with a Slovakian pastor that can't speak English. And so he says, very interesting conversation, organizing to communicate with somebody that doesn't understand English. And while he's looking at the chicken and like, he's just, let's just pray now. The, the pastor got a call and says like, um, and he's speaking Slovakian. And, and then he puts a, says, John, you. Gypsies, pray. The ill. <laughs> the ill. <laughs> so in his best way of English, it's like, John, you come pray. Gypsies, 13. Ill. The ill. <laughs> so, so he did this thing. And then he's just, and John looking at the chicken and the chips. He says, okay, we go. Here they go. 13 gypsies somewhere in, um, I can't pronounce the town's name, somewhere. Um, doesn't matter. Somewhere in the town, they go. And so there's 13 gypsies in this room. I mean, none of them are believers. He doesn't have an interpreter. And now he knows he can pray for the sick. He can pray for healing. But he knows that you can go to heaven with a sick body, but you cannot go to heaven with a sin-sick soul. And so he needed to share the gospel with these guys. So he's like... Saying, okay, he's not an actor, but he's going to try. Okay, and I'm also going to try now. All right. So, Jesus in Slovakian is Jezish. 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 Okay, so I'm saying it right. Jezish. That's Jesus in Slovakian. So, he said, Jezish loves you. Jezish loves you. So he goes on, he says, Jesus loves you. And then he says, Jesus died for you. <laughs> and he says, Jesus rose. rose from the dead. And everybody's looking at him like this. <laughs> what are you doing? 
And um, so he goes to, um, the Holy Spirit speaks to him in this moment. And this is the beauty of actually hearing God's voice. I mean, it wasn't his perfect preaching in that moment. He only knew the word yajish. And so what he did is the Lord spoke to him about a scripture in Romans 10, um, verse 13. And it says the following, that for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So he said, you, 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 say, yes, yes, you, 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 say, yes, come, 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 yes, come, you, 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 yes, come, say, yes, say it with me, yes, <laughs> you can do this, yes, Yes, no, come on, guys. Say, Yes, Yes, Yes. <laughs> so he says, like, the people started saying, Yes, they're saying, just saying the name of Jesus. And as the scripture, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. It says, In that moment, the presence of Jesus came into the room. And tears coming down people's face by just saying the name of Jesus. Not with elegant preaching, just saying the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, every evening that we had with this trip, when Jonathan started calling people forward to give their lives to Jesus, I could feel the Holy Spirit coming from the back of the room. Every time, I could feel how the Lord, it wasn't the preaching or anything, I could feel how Jesus' heart is for the lost. I could feel how he was moving people. Nobody's standing up because Jonathan told some fancy story or anything. People were responding because they're experiencing Jesus. But the story goes on. So the people are crying. And so they all received Jesus into the, all 13, gave their life to Jesus. And then this, there's this big guy. I mean, he, um, he's like dark around his eyes, like a like really tough, big um, guy and and he and he calls Jonathan. He says, "John, you come pray." So Jonathan says, "Yes, sir." <laughs> so he comes <laughs> because this guy is like big, and um and so the guy did the blood of his acting also, and he's like, <clears throat> and blood was running down his mouth. So Jonathan understands like <clears throat> he didn't understand what he was explaining to him, but there's blood coming down his his mouth, and he's doing this. So he, he didn't feel anything, but he said, like, he just put on his hand on this person and just pray his best prayer. And as he was praying, this guy started crying, the tears. And he's like, he's this big, tough guy. And he's like, crying. <laughs> and he always wants to hide it, but he can't hold it back. And he just keeps on crying. And remember, all that Jonathan just did is just let them say the name Jeshish. So he prayed for this guy, and they went the next morning. They're having breakfast with the pastor. And the pastor um, look and says, John, John, Jonathan, speak to the guy. I say, hey, Pastor, you, see, you look very happy this morning. They got a new interpreter, so I'm going to speak without the. the <laughs> I'm going to speak in English right there. And so you, you look very happy. He says, Yes, yes, yes. Um, the pastor of the gypsies phoned me. He says, um, This guy, one of the three of the people that were there, were of the mafia of that reason, region. And the guy you prayed for was the main guy of the mafia. And since you have prayed for him, he went home and he didn't stop crying the whole night. 
of just how the Lord convicts him of his sin and the things that he's done. He's repenting of his sin the whole night through. And he's going through the town and saying sorry to everyone that he has harmed. That he has, and he says he actually came to the meeting. He was, he was stuck by, he was in a fight and somebody he stuck him with, it was with a mess. <laughs> Stab, <laughs> yes. That thing. <laughs> Stabbed him with a knife and he missed, just missed his heart and he's, he was bleeding. That's why he was bleeding. And as he said, Jesus, the bleeding stopped. So he encountered something with the Lord in that moment. And the Lord did something in his life. And, and Jesus still saves today. And it's not about our eloquent way of how we share things. It's about, do we, who is he to you? It's not worth dying for something <laughs> that, that's not real. He is real. Many, many, many people has, went out, has gone out to disprove that God is, and they wanted to disprove the resurrection, came back Christians. It is so many stories, and we see evidence in the scripture. Who is Jesus to you? And I'm not going to give that answer to you today. I want you to go and think, who is he to me? And go write your own creed. Go write your own thing. Like I believe. This is what I believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there. Um, can we all just put out our hands right now and just let's just pray this prayer. As um, Peter, as Jesus told Peter, flesh and, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my, by, by my Holy Spirit. I want to pray right now that the 